0: Each episode of Education with an Edge is meant to create, cultivate, and inspire honest discussion about issues affecting youth. Hosted by author, artist, educator, advocate, and speaker, Jekyll Lane. Hello and welcome. This is Jacquel Lane, your hostess of Education with an Edge, the podcast dedicated to all things children because we believe that every child matters and you should too. I am so very honored and grateful to be here with the Deborah Neary, um, who has devoted her personal and professional life to the betterment of vulnerable populations across our community. Deborah spent the last 20 years working as the executive director of several educational focused nonprofits. Based on her experiences, Deborah of former foster parent to eight youth, decided she wanted to make an even larger impact across our beautiful state as a policymaker, and ran for and was elected to the Nebraska State Board of Education for District 8. In her role with the State Board of Education, Deborah tackles systematic issues to ensure we are developing youth who are well-prepared, not only for post high school careers in college, but also for life. In Deborah's free time, she has served on several boards, including Madonna School and on the board of the Omaha Institute for Nonprofit Journalism. Deborah was appointed by Governor Ricketts to the Serve Nebraska board in 2016 and again in 2020, and she is also a trustee for the Business Ethics Alliance. Deborah is a longtime member of both Rotary and the League of Women Voters, as well as an active member to many youth and young adults. In 2016, Deborah was the Recipient of the Integrity Award presented by the Better Business Bureau. In 2015, she was the recipient of Gallup's Can Do Award presented by the Kids Can Community Center. And in 2014, Deborah received the Catalyst Award presented by the Nonprofit Association of the Midlands. Most recently, in 2019, Deborah received the Hollands Hero Award from Dick Holland's Families Foundation. Today she looks forward to sharing some of the hot topics in the news about educational issues in Nebraska. And I have had the honor and the pleasure of knowing you this past year um, when I served as, as practice and policy fellow and have just been blown away um, by the way that you have advocated for all children in our state. So it's beyond, it's beyond an honor to have you here, Deborah. Thank you.
1: Well, and same to you with all the books you've published and everything you've done. It's an honor to be here. So thank you. Well, thank you so much because I know how busy your schedule is. There is literally
0: no one no one busier than you. Um, so Deb, I think it's essential to start from the beginning to understand your remarkable story fully. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and your childhood?
1: Sure. Uh, on the surface, I would say, you know, my upbringing... Uh, Sounds pretty privileged and uh, I was very lucky in many ways. Uh, My parents, while we didn't have a lot of money, they uh, did send me to uh, Catholic private schools uh, because religion was important to them. And that was definitely helpful but there were a lot of things that occurred in my younger years that have really shaped me today that impact the policy making and all the jobs that i've chosen along the way and when you're going through things in your childhood you don't really realize even the tough things uh that these might come back and benefit you later in life and i'll just say that You know, I did uh, have a sister that hasn't, or I still have and take care of, a sister with an intellectual disability and uh, spent a lot of my early years being her partner at activities and events. And we were the two girls closest in age, and so we did everything together. And it certainly gave me a perspective uh, about some of our more, vulnerable populations, and just how different people learn. Uh, While she may have uh, academically, you know, not been as high achieving, there's so many other things that she can achieve. And I've learned so many awesome things from her. And so I feel very lucky to have had some of those early experiences in life.
0: I think that's so beautiful. And I I, working with a lot of um, our special education population, absolutely feel the same way. And I think that you you know, said that perfectly when you said, although academically it might be difficult sometimes for them to achieve social and emotionally, oftentimes they are very, um, accelerated and very personable. And so I know that you're a strong advocate for individuals with disabilities. And so thank you from the, from the bottom of my heart for doing so. Um, because they add, um, honestly that, that diversity adds such a plethora to, to all of our lives, just having that acceptance there for them, truly. Um, So can you tell us, you've had, I mean, you've done a myriad of things, you've done so many things, Um, but can you tell us about your career path a little
1: bit? Sure. I've always loved history and art history and museums, and I had decided early in my college career I wanted to work in museums, and so that was kind of where I focused. And I remember my dad pulling me aside and like, what are you going to do with an art history degree? And so I thought it's way more practical to get a history degree, which I don't know that that was true. But uh, I did truly enjoy Uh, those studies, and those also have benefited me uh, in some of my roles later in life. But my career path was always museums, and I spent 20 years working in museums uh, uh, here in Omaha and in Lincoln. And uh, then my career path changed as I started uh, taking in foster kids and learning about some of the needs that our families have in our community. Uh, it just was so eye opening for me that I wanted to do more, and so I changed to some other jobs that were more in the social uh, service sector.
0: Absolutely, and I know we mentioned, I mentioned in your in your biography, but you've had. Um, eight children in, mm-hmm. in your home that you fostered, which I think is just such a testament to what we can do as a community. So a lot of the things that I preach and I teach about is having this community mindset of taking care of our, our children, um, you know, it, that it takes a village to raise a child and you are such a living example of that. And I'm sure that those children look back and um, are so thankful for the work that you 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 did to help them and really to raise them so that is phenomenal
1: well and in all those cases it's a gift for me and and my husband as well my husband and I have both said we would do it all over again you know it wasn't always easy but at the same time life isn't easy and that's what living is it's like experiencing everything and seeing the uh you know, seeing things through other people's lenses. And we grew from every single experience and we had experiences we would have never had. And I, we feel very lucky to have, you know, just uh, met all of those youth and uh, we're happy that um, almost all of them were able to be reunited with their biological families, which is what you always hope for. That's so beautiful.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so just a a plug if you have an inkling that you would be interested in becoming a foster parent please do look into it and do so because there's so many wonderful children um that that deserve loving families and guidance and so what a what an awesome story um so who was a mentor in your life growing up and how did they inspire you
1: you know um from my foster care work, I, I've gone into focusing a lot of professional time and free time on mentoring and trying to get mentor for a lot of kids. And I, I really believe in, in mentoring. And it's made me kind of reflect on my own mentors in my life. And I, you know, people like me, and pro, I'm sure you too, we've really benefited from what I call naturally occurring mentors. Like we, I had great neighbors. I had aunts and uncles with free time. I had, you know, older siblings, uh, teachers that had the bandwidth, you know, they weren't so, you know, inundated with so many challenges, you know, in their classroom that they were able to. And, and I am grateful that I've, had those experiences of naturally occurring mentors, because what I've learned is there's a lot of kids out there that don't have those naturally occurring mentors. And those are the ones that I've really tried to be of support to in my own mentoring. Uh, You know, kids whose parents are working multiple jobs just to get by, or the neighbors aren't really somebody you want your child hanging with, or, you know, there might not be any relatives living in the community, and so you know, I just, and it doesn't matter what economic bracket a family is from. I mean, there are just kids out there that need, you know, those extra mentors.
0: Absolutely. And I, I mean, you, as you stated, I mean, you, I mean, I kind of sought you out as a mentor because I was so (laughs) blown away um, by the just excellent and positive work that you were doing um, to support teachers, to support students. Um, But then, you know, it's like, sometimes kiddos don't have the skills to approach people that they, that they would need leadership from or mentorship from. And so um, I guess to kind of lead us into our next question, you know, you are a highly motivated individual and you support others in every facet of their lives. But um, what is one of the best experiences that you can think of that's come from your mentorship involvement?
1: So, and I do want to uh, give... A shout out to my mentee who I've been with since third grade, Ruby, and we met through Girls Inc. And we have done, oh my gosh, I have learned so much from her. We've had amazingly fun experiences with each other. And uh, it's an honor to have been with her, you know, through so many things that she's been through. I guess it's just getting to do fun things. Yeah that as an adult, I probably wouldn't be doing, you know, uh, every year, uh, Girls Inc. invites us to go swimming, you know, and to an amusement park together. And oh my, we just have so much fun laughing and enjoying these experiences. And uh, you know neither one of us might have done it otherwise, and it's just those kind of simple things that I've really enjoyed. I love that, and
0: I think um that's an awesome shout out to girls Inc too um that if anyone's interested in get getting involved we'll we'll kind of talk about that at the end of the program and and where they can maybe go or or sign up for that because that sounds wonderful. It's good for both young people and adults to get out of their comfort zone and be able to share those experiences. It's really special it's um One of the things I loved so much about, you know, being a teacher, because you just get to experience all kinds of different fun things. Um, So you are an advocate for all students, um, and I have seen your exceptional work firsthand watching you serve on the Nebraska State um, School Board representing District 8. What are some of the positive aspects of your position, and what are you most proud of?
1: So I really felt lucky to be on the State Board of Education because I felt like I brought a little bit different viewpoint uh, than uh, some of my peers. And my peers on the board, I mean, everybody brings a different lens, a a different set of experiences, but what I brought to it was 10 years of research uh, on the whole body growth of a child that in order for children to learn, there needs to be... Things in place. They need to not be starving. They can't, you know, be feeling traumatized by their environment. They um need to have gotten some sleep the night before. I mean, there's uh they can't have a tooth that's causing them pain. They need to see the blackboard. I mean, there's so many things that impact whether a child is going to be successful or not. And I got to see that firsthand with my foster children who you know, were going through tremendous emotional turmoil, you know, because of things in their life. And then they were expected to do their homework and pass tests the next day. And, you know, and it's – and so having spent the last 10 years in in my job focusing on, you know, just uh, all those positive youth development strategies that are going to help children be successful – Uh, Things like growth mindset and some of the social emotional learning that they need. I, I really feel like it has helped me in understanding a little bit about how we can improve our school systems and make our environments better for all students, you know, not just, you know, the people that live on our block, but every student and the special things that they bring, you know, in in their experiences uh, to school every day. And it's been exciting because we're at a time in education where things are changing. We do have more data. We do understand why some kids are learning and other kids, you know, aren't at a pace that they're skilled to learn. And we all want every child to reach their full potential. And and I feel like we're doing that. Not fast enough, but we're doing that. Absolutely. And I am so grateful for
0: people like you that are doing that work every day. And even in going back to what you said, you know, we think about maslow's hierarchy of needs and i remember and i i put it in one of my in in my book that i remember the first time that i had a student in high school and i was supposed to administer um this standardized test and she came up and said you know my mom and i slept in our car last night you know and it's like how was i at 21 going to I mean, I wasn't going to make her do it, basically. You know, that was the thing. So it's like, it takes a while for society to catch up to um, really realistically what our what our children are going through and what our families are going through. Um, but thank you for, for being that beacon of light.
1: And I think you asked about something I'm proud of in there. Yes. And I... I will say, I was delighted that I was going to be elected on the board in time for us to pass our social studies standards, because yes. I did have a a master's in history, and I really... Um, have been, you know, I I used a lot of my history working at the Durham Museum and helping put up exhibits and teaching classes, and and we really strived to have a lot of inclusivity in the stories that we told, and we were able to accomplish that with our social studies standards. As a matter of fact, Nebraska received a lot of national attention because they were, you know, so uh, inclusive in the lenses we used to you know, suggest things that uh, teachers might want to be teaching in their classrooms. And so I am really proud to have been a part of that. Absolutely,
0: as you should be. Um, What are some of your, I mean, someone as busy as yourself, I think it's important for especially our youth to understand how to balance Um, their life, right? And so what are some of your favorite ways to incorporate a balanced life into your daily routine? Is it mindfulness, meditation? What's kind of your health and your well-being routine? I know you've got some cute puppies or one cute puppy at home. So what what is kind of, you know, because you have a tough job and you are a very extremely busy woman. So what are some of the things you do to kind of
1: Well, I learned a long time ago that uh, if you are dancing while you exercise and listening to music and trying to follow steps, that you're exercising your brain at the same time you are exercising your body. And so I've done you know, different variations on, you know, jazzercise and related things for so many years, just because it was fun. And, uh, and I knew I was working both my brain and my body. And then when the pandemic started, you know, I did it at home and, you know, in front of a TV, and it certainly isn't as much fun. uh, But, but that's the kind of exercising that and walking, like it's really this, I have learned, it's really the simple stuff. It isn't that you need all this fancy equipment, I've been shocked at what just walking every single day uh, has done to improve my health, you know, decrease my weight, uh, make me feel better. But mindfulness and meditation and, and, and yoga, which is all the same thing. I mean, you know, because I do practice my, uh, my meditation yes. you know, when I am doing my yoga and uh, I don't, you know, I'm not an everyday kind of person, but I try to go to yoga once a week and I just believe all this stuff really helps us, you know, in our whole body, our mental health and our physical health. Absolutely.
0: And it helps you be able to show up and give to the world, you know, in, in so much, I mean, someone that runs your race, um, you know, needs to replenish. So that mm-hmm. those are excellent examples. Um, so what is, you know, one piece of advice, um, since this podcast is dedicated to youth and mental health awareness, um, what is is something that you would say to encourage a young person in today's society struggling with mental health issues?
1: You know, I I've suffered with depression uh, most of my life, and in my early years. There was just shame associated with it and you know I didn't talk to anybody about it I didn't feel like I should do anything about it I even had a doctor you know offer you know to just you know should I look into some kind of medicine and I just there seemed shame in my mind about all those are stigma and I just say I'm I'm glad younger people aren't Experiencing that same kind of shame, and if they are, I just uh, hope that they will find their, you know, truth earlier than I did. Because today, I am so open about talking about uh, just mental health in general, and. You know, so we can get rid of all those stigmas. I mean, everybody experiences imbalances of something, and so it's it's how we take care of ourselves. And some people need medicine, and most people need exercise, for sure, because that makes a big difference, and getting sleep and all those simple things. Uh, but also talking with, with people that are safe, you know, about some of the challenges we've had. And I go back to mentoring because in mentoring, there's all this research that says a young person who's experienced depression if he or she has a mentor that they feel safe with and, and talk to, there's research that shows that will decrease, you know uh, the depression symptoms in the youth. And I mean it's it's these simple solutions really. A lot of times it is.
0: Absolutely. And I love um, that you touched on the mentorship piece too, because there's so often things that young people maybe don't feel comfortable sharing with a parent or sharing with a family member that with a trusted adult with a mentor, they can open up and really talk through that. And it's totally my goal with my advocacy and with this podcast and and just to normalize mental health in this country. I mean, I'm a strong proponent of therapy. I go to therapy every week. I don't miss. And that's something that you would never have, have said before, you know, so, um, thank you for sharing, for sharing your journey and that's excellent, excellent advice.
1: Well, and I, I go to therapy too and I actually look forward to it. It's a group therapy now and, You know, we've just gotten to be friends and, you know, we've known each other over a long time and, you know, we're just trying to work on ourselves and make ourselves better because who can't work on themselves? You know, I mean, and, you know, I really believe that we can bring peace in our world when we work on ourselves. And, you know, that's all part of it, too, for me.
0: Absolutely. Um, What is one piece of advice that you wish someone would have given you when you were younger in terms of mental health awareness?
1: Well, i I think balance is in life is uh, something that you know. I always felt like I just needed to go to extremes to achieve, or go to extremes to, you know, this and that, and and it's and I, you know, you learn that you really could have accomplish the same things without driving everyone else crazy and driving yourself, uh, you know, and so keeping balance in life is really my goal right now, you know, not letting myself get hungry, not letting myself, you know, go a few days without exercising and, you know, just, um, and then it keeps me in, you know, good spirits and, you know, I can be a better person as a result.
0: Absolutely. Um, No,
1: that's, that's excellent
0: advice. And I think that that's so hard sometimes for us to understand, especially maybe um, as women, because oftentimes women are the caregivers and also working and also second shift and all of this stuff. And so balance is like, I mean, it used to be such a foreign word to me. And so it's nice to see women like yourself that, you know, are such high achievers and things that are, are putting your self-care first and acknowledging that. Because for so long, that has not been the case in our society. Oh, I agree.
1: <laughs> and I don't want to rule out, like, you know, a lot of people need medicine. Yes. I have along the way, not shamed at all of nope. that. And the other thing that I like to put a plug in for is uh, I studied for a couple, of, I studied uh, herb herbs for a couple of years with a professional herbalist who uses herbs as medicine instead of Western medicine. And I've also... Used herbs along the way. And they have, I mean, ones that he prescribed ones, you know, just natural medicines that can just help calm, you know, if you have anxiety or so there's natural ways to do this too. And I really recommend that to uh, other people if they're thinking about that they might need a little something. Uh, My husband saw the changes in me and he started taking herbs for some health challenges he had. I mean, I really believe him, but but medicine can also be needed. Yeah. It's not saying one is bad and one is good, but, you know, there's opportunities with both.
0: Absolutely. And small tweaks like healthy eating habits and things, yes. even in children, have been, you know, shown to go such a long way in behavioral and, and, and things like that. And I noticed that in myself when I'm not taking care of myself and maybe not nourishing myself properly. It's like, oh, get a little off kilter. Yes. Um, so uh, thank you for sharing and um I'll have to talk to you about that, too, because I'm very interested in, in herbs and how that can benefit my life as well. Um, so since this, you know, uh, a lot of people are going through, and a lot of young people um, before the pandemic, after the pandemic, are going through obstacles right now in one way or the way or another. What is one obstacle that you have faced in your life and overcome?
1: I don't know, I guess I'll, I think back, uh, maybe being downsized once from a job was an obstacle that hindsight now I see was a gift. Uh, and but at the time, it was, you know, it just seemed like absolutely everything. And so now today, when somebody's gone through something similar, I, I tell them, like, enjoy every minute of your break, you know, because yes. <laughs> you don't get those kind of breaks very often. And uh, and I, I've i just seen so many people that, like with my experience, found something so much better, um, you know, as a result of something that I thought was, you know, such a huge challenge, but it really wasn't.
0: That's so important, I, I think, especially for young people, because you have like an event that happens and it seems so catastrophic and it's easy to tell them there's a plan and it'll work out. But literally listening, listening to someone like you uh, who is, come out on the other side, it's, it's so impactful. Um, and that really is true. I mean, it really will work out. You really truly will find your way and, and, you know, for the better, honestly. Um, but, but, Thank yeah. you for sharing that. And I think that's something that we can all really relate to happening, you know, our plans not going quite as...
1: Well, and one of the things I learned about myself then, too, was I just have trouble leaving bad situations, and, like, sometimes <laughs> I just need them to leave me, and and so when I went through that experience, I learned that, darn, I should have left that job a long time ago, right. <laughs> and so it's... And, you know, the same is true for relationships and other things, and so um, I did learn how to leave and move on. And that's been helpful to me, you know, in some situations too. Absolutely. And and they're awesome qualities because,
0: you know, you're loyal and you're committed. But I think that we've all been at fault of that too, you know, yeah. like, so, so excellent, excellent advice. Um, and since this podcast is dedicated to education, um, did you have a favorite teacher growing up and how did they impact your life?
1: You know, I did. And... I just think back to, and I've tried so many times to find this teacher too. Like she had, but Mrs. Wolf, sixth grade, and you know, she was the art teacher. And I've not ever been an artistic person or a performer, but she got me doing both and believing that anyone can do art Mm -hmm. and be successful and make something beautiful and anyone can perform and, you know, be fabulous. And, and I was able to do both and just get out of my comfort zone and, I, uh, I mean, that was just so self-esteem building and it made for some really fun memories and, uh, boy, I wish I could find her. <laughs>
0: well, we're going to find her. We gave okay, her a shout could. out. Okay. So maybe on this podcast, yeah. we'll be the ones to track her down, but we are very grateful for her, um, and the impact she had yeah. on your life. Um, that's wonderful. Um, You know, and I know this is a big question, but um, what are some of your goals for, for 2022?
1: So I write down my goals every year. I write down successes I had in the previous year, goals for the next year, and things that I wish I could have done better. And this year, just because I believe so strongly that we need strong education systems, We need to support our teachers so that we, you know, have someone that, you know, will be teaching to our youth. We need to be looking at data and research and evidence so that we're doing the best possible job we can to make sure that all children are successful. And... There's a lot of people that are running for education offices and school boards that have a completely different set of values and goals and reasons for running. And they are oftentimes the complete opposite of mine. And, and I feel like we're going to hurt the future of Nebraska, the future of young people, if we don't pay attention and draw draw attention to some of the things that are happening in our school systems. And so this year, my goal has been to help as many candidates running for office that are running for a school board specifically, uh, to help them be successful and help tell the stories about our education systems. Like, these are complex situations that our school systems are in now. It it isn't answers you can put in a tweet or on Facebook and solve it with, you know, an easy answer. They're complex and they need people understanding the issues and understanding the diverse population we have and the levels of poverty that we have yes. and, you know, and anyway, I could go on. Sorry, but no. that's my goal this year. I want to help as many people as possible. Uh, to get elected, but also help other people that are voters to understand the issues better.
0: Yes. And, And I have to say, and this is, I mean, a huge compliment to you. I have watched you and your willingness and something that I really aspire to do is that you're inspiring others because you do stand up when that's not the norm and you stand up for what you care about and you stand up for what you believe is right. And I think oftentimes it's hard for us because We're nervous about what people will think and things. But at the end of the day, when you're doing what's right, I mean, even if you're standing alone... It, it's important to do so, and um, you're inspiring so many, so many women, but so many people just holistically. So, um, thank you, honestly, for the work that you're doing and, and shedding your shining that light on so many issues right now that are so prevalent.
1: Well, And thank you for doing the same. I know you've been in front of the legislature a lot, advocating for these issues and helping educate our policymakers. And so, thank you. That is so important.
0: Well, thank you, and it's it's been an honor, and I think just. To, to touch on something else you said, just encouraging the public to stay awakened to these very fundamental things that are happening in our schools, because we have to care about our children, um, because they're the future of our state, the future of our country, so... Um, thank you so much. And then, you know, it, we'll, we're kind of closing out here, but where can our viewers follow your journey um, and support you and, and maybe get involved with the mentorship program? I mean, you're involved with so many things, but maybe get involved with the mentorship program.
1: Where can they find you on social media, website, etc.? So I love talking to everybody about education issues, even if they disagree with me. I go to coffee with everyone. And so uh, you can find me at, uh, it's debfored.com, so D-E-B-F-O-R-E-D.com, but uh, you can send me a message and literally I'll come talk to your group. I'll just have coffee with you one-on-one. I learn from everybody else and from these conversations. And, and as I said, even if we are going to disagree, we're going to find out after some conversation that we really agree on a lot of things and that we now understand each other a little bit better. And, and those conversations just need to keep happening. So I would love to hear from people.
0: Absolutely. And that, I I mean, that is an awesome invitation and um and i i know deb personally so she really will and she really does um you know reach across and want everyone to to be involved and and like you said i think at the end of the day we have more commonalities than we have differences so um i just i can't i cannot thank you enough for being here today like i said i know how um hectic your schedule is and you are working and diligently fighting for um Literally to make a better place for for all all students and and all all children in our state. So thank you for that, um, and thank you for being here. Seriously, thank you. Um, I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, betterhelp.com. Um, speaking of mental health and its importance, um, betterhelp.com, um, it makes professional therapy accessible, affordable, and convenient. So anyone who struggles with life's challenges can get the help anytime, anywhere. Um, there are professional counselors available 24 seven private and affordable. So get started now at betterhelp.com, um, which offers unlimited sessions. And I'd also like to thank the Nebraska Foundation for Suicide Prevention um, and Cindy Hornig for the amazing work that they're doing, as well as the Boys Town Suicide Hotline. Um, If you're a young person out there, remember that you're not alone. We need your love. We need your light. And we thank you for being with us here on Education with an Edge today. We'll see you next time.
1: If you have a question or just want to learn more, go to jackelllane.com. Thanks for listening to Education with an Edge. A Media
0: Production.